ask me to talk. Connection through conversation. Join self-described conversationalist Stacy Heller as she talks with guests about topics and ideas from the ridiculous to the sublime on Don't Ask Me to Talk. Now, here's your host, Stacy Heller. Welcome to Don't Ask Me to Talk. It is after Christmas and before New Year's. Thank God. I am joined today by my brother, Peter. Say hello, Peter. Hello, everyone. Hi, Mom. I, right. Okay. I'm going to be talking about who's the favorite um, after Christmas, <laughs> but not yet. We're not starting out with that. Yeah. So, whatever. Hi, Mom. Hi, Diane. Hi, Lee. See, I said hi to everybody. Um, yeah, I beat you. Whatever. If you are interested in calling in Jay, baby, in case you're listening live, the number is 425-373-5527. We'd love to hear from people. I am super excited that you're on the show today, Peter, because there is just so much to unpack here. <laughs> I mean... I'm excited, too. I think right? it's going to be great. I mean, I actually like you, and... You're my brother, and there's just so much, so, so much. Um, so first, though, I want to talk about the holidays. So survived the holidays, and um, I have to say I actually enjoyed Christmas this year. However, Good. I then have gone insane for the past two days. I have been wow, walking what, around what's my— What's going on? I don't know. I've been walking around the house saying, I think I'm broken, um, like, I feel like the opera glasses from Pretty Woman that Julia Roberts is like, mine are broken. And she's like swinging them needlessly. Right. I feel like I'm swinging myself needlessly. And I'm I just keep saying I'm broken. Um, so I'm wondering if it has to do with the letdown of Christmas, because I feel like there is all the work, all the hoopla, the excitement, the anticipation, the lights, the camera, the action. Um and then Christmas is over, and it's like, do you remember when we used to watch the Carol Burnett show, and in the closing credits, there's the cartoon Carol Burnett, and she's in the, like, ill-fitting robe, and, right. like, it's like she gained holiday weight, and um, she's cleaning up and, like, itching her butt. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like that's how maybe I'm wondering if that's partly why I'm insane. There's like this huge crescendo of excitement and all these things that you do. And then there's a weird like schism where you're in an alternate reality where you don't do anything for a couple of days and you pretend you're okay with it. And then you start to get twitchy. Well, I think probably in previous Christmases, you dealt with more people that, you know, either Christmas Day or Christmas Eve or the day after. Um, that has taken some of that away from you. And then this year, with everything that's going on, you probably haven't been as, as social. Although you've been more social than Scott and I have. Um, but oh, you know. not as social as you used to. So that's probably part of the weird feeling because some of that energy is not going out the way it has in the past. That's true. And I also was chatting with um, Pete earlier today on the way here, actually. And I said, I also think that as the kids now post holidays are getting ready to transition, Will is headed to California on Sunday. He's going to finish out the school year there. 
Grace will leave in a month. Charlie's not home. He's with Ashley. Hey, Charlie and Ashley, who aren't listening right now. Um, you know, people aren't around. Everybody's displaced. It's just, it's it's weird. Right. Um, so you're right. So that that's another thing. You put in all this energy for family, and all of a sudden they're making plans to go off and go into their own lives. And God, it's so, not like when they were five years old. So rude. It's all I've ever wanted, and now they're doing it, and now I'm mad. <laughs> Uh, I'd just kick him out now. Well, you know, I've thought about it. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. <laughs> um, so back to Christmas for a second here. So the kids, I had a great Christmas. Pete gave me recording equipment, which, I mean, hello. Now I can have home and away games. I can come here to the studio and I can talk into a microphone and I can do it at home. Like I can just nice. like walk around the house with a microphone and have like a walking talking uh commentary you don't even need to be on the air honestly i don't i i was saying though that it would have been nice to have a bedazzled mic but i don't think i've reached that level of diva yet yet growth mindset uh, your birthday's coming up in march oh yes it's the one year anniversary of my 50th birthday ah yeah i've decided that until i can have a party to actually celebrate that i'm going to be stuck in time um, and I want, I want you to know that's the second time today I've heard the word bedazzled So when talking about an object. Really? Yeah. Um, I'm trying to think of the first, and I can't think of it offhand, but it is the, it is the second time. Wow. Wow. That's, something tells me. Things happen in threes, so you might just be doing some bedazzled art soon. Yeah. Probably not. Or Sky's going to do it to the cats. <laughs> oh, well, that could be. That could definitely be a little bow tie on ox that's bedazzled. Oh, actually, uh, Popo's got it. She has a black one and there's a little like um, crystals that Sky glued on. I uh, am not shocked. Sky would be like um, a better version of me when Annie was doing ballroom dancing, and you would put crystals on the outfits so that when Annie would do her dance routines, they would catch the light and you know um, be fabulous. I would add um, crystals to these dresses and I would like, it was like there was a black market of like, you know, gem buying where I'm like, hey, you got any gems? Like I need to bedazzle this outfit. And then I'd get like a little baggy. I mean, it was just very weird. And um, red one. Yeah. I mean, it was just the whole thing was bizarre. And um, I basically was like hot gluing these things on. Not while she was wearing it, I will add. I knew that much. And, um, And I was like, I don't know what I'm doing. I feel like Sky would be better at that than I am. Yeah, I think she took the bow tie off uh, bubble when she did it. So. Oh, oh, that's 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 good. See, <laughs> first rule of bedazzling your children, whether it be your cat or your child, is take the garment off. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, Eric's laughing about this. I'm teaching Eric so much about how to be a good parent if you choose to have children someday. Eric, you're welcome. You never know what's going to happen. <laughs> <laughs> You know, I, I'm just, I'm really trying to be a role model for you in all things. <laughs> well, I can apply some of these to my cat. So, oh, you know. see? There you go. Perfect. What's your and cat's Eric, name? His name is Fergal. Teach- oh, Fergal. That's clever. I okay. can teach you how to be a bad parent if you want. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, so, anyway, so I, I got uh, recording equipment, which I'm super excited about. I also feel like there's a theme. 
So clearly the theme is I talk a lot. And the other one is that I may drink a lot because Annie gave me, oh, which I forgot to bring with me, um, these amazing glasses, two wine, one like cocktail for my gin and tonic that is etched with don't ask me to talk. Oh, right? Nice. Amazing gift. Um, and it's really not too early to drink at three o'clock when I'm doing the show. I mean, it's fine. And I know, sounds like she bought you just one. So you're drinking alone. Well, she bought me one glass for my gin and tonic, and then the other two are like um, stemless wine. So, you know, I could have one for my guest, one for Eric. I don't think he can drink on the job, but he can put water in there. It's fine. Yeah, don't worry about it. I won't tell. (laughs) I totally would tell. (laughs) Um, So that was an amazing gift. And then Will and Grace took one of my large, gigantic Costco bottles like a la Costco sized turned it into a lamp which I already have a small one but they turned the big honkin bottle into a lamp and then they found on Etsy this guy that does 3d printing of lampshades and so when the lampshade is off it's like white and it has a texture when it's on it is the um, Hendrix design and it's amazing when we were in London visiting Will two summers ago there was a tunnel that we took and it had this really groovy feeling of like cucumbers flowing in the air and whatever. And I loved it. And they basically found the art and they got this guy to make this lamp. And so when you turn it on at night, it has this really cool, groovy Hendrix vibe. So now Uh. I need another one. (laughs) (laughs) So, I'm going to have to, um, I contacted the guy because the lampshade that he did works better with the small lamp that I have. Now I need a big one. Yeah. Again, there seems to be a theme, especially when Charlie's girlfriend, Ashley, for Christmas, gave me a book about weed. Now, a book about? Exactly. Weed. (laughs) Now, I don't partake. It doesn't mean that I'm not curious. You're already tripping out on the lampshade, so you don't need the weed. You know? This is a good point. And is it a purple lampshade, by the way, so you can be in a purple haze? Uh, oh, that's good. <laughs> so good. It does have kind of an undertone of purple, actually. Nice. Yeah, but it's not like Empress well, Gin. I was going to say partake, and then you can stare at the lampshade. Well, <laughs> if it, and then if it spins, oh my gosh, that would be. Yeah, so I feel like that I have a reputation between glasses and a Hendrix lamp and a book on weed. I don't know what people think about me, but I love it. Keep it happening. Well, you are an Emmerich. Well, <laughs> yes, I am. And actually, I do have a confession. Um, so like Dax Shepard announced on his podcast and like John Mulaney, I'm praying for you, John. You want to I need to go to rehab. I fell off the wagon. I've been drinking Diet Coke. Oh. Yep. Yep. When did that start? Well, I didn't want to admit it. First, it was like a sometimes thing. Like, oh, I'm just going to have one. And it's become a daily thing. Yep. I was doing really well. I went cold turkey. And I mean, if John Mulaney can slip up. Now, granted, his is alcohol and cocaine. But... (laughs) (laughs) But and on, on TV and on TV and Dax Shepard, who I think it was prescription painkillers. So I'm like the yeah. Sandra D of the people that have relapsed. So that's not so bad. 
Okay, so now and when you say diet coke, you mean the soda, right? Yeah, I okay. like. Yeah, I don't mean like low-cal cocaine. <laughs> Just thought we'd clarify since you were tying it in. That's a very good question. Thank you for clarifying. <laughs> yes, I do mean diet coke, the brand. Great. Thank you for that clarification. <laughs> Is there diet cocaine? Okay. Um, I would think uh, cocaine with sugar. I don't know. Would be diet. Maybe. I don't know. This is something to or, explore. Uh, with sweet and low. Like that aspartame stuff. Right. Yeah. Which is not healthy, kids. This is no. why you shouldn't drink Diet Coke. Or okay. do cocaine. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yes. This is the ultimate PSA. <laughs> it's a Peter Stacy announcement. Oh, look what I did oh. there. Um. Okay. So lastly, in terms of winning Christmas... We also need to talk about mom. So I thought I had it in the bag. I sent her the hand warmers. I sent her these blankets, which I got a notification today that they actually canceled the order. And now um, and I got refunded. So now my amazing like gift to not only um, win friends and influence people that fell through. So I've got to redo that. But I was sure because I bought round trip airfare to go visit mom for Mother's Day, thinking by then I might be able to go visit, look at me. I have just solidified my spot. And then, Peter, you messed it up. I was just going to say, and then what happened? (laughs) And then my dummy older brother, who lives closer, like on the same coast, (laughs) decided (laughs) to bring mom Pork. Yeah. Ugly pork. Ugly pork. Is that like the ugly fruit or is it just unattractive pork? Uh, it's back when Sky brought it down to mom and dad for the first time. And, you know, it wasn't cooked at that point. I was just marinating and dad opened it and looked at it and was like, that's some ugly pork. <laughs> <laughs> and then... Um, that sounds like dad. Day, yep. A day or two later, they cooked it and had it for dinner and after dinner sky uh, dad got on the phone and gave sky a call and was just like that was fantastic i loved it and it was his favorite dish um but since then we've always called it ugly pork i love that i i wondered what the whole origin of the origin story was yeah so you proceeded to get in the car on christmas day yes Yeah, and drive down. Now, mind you, mom is in this continuing care community, um, residential place. She's got her own place and everything, and, you know, she's she's great. But they're basically keeping them, like, held captive. Understandably, they want to keep the elders. Diane, I did not say elderly. I said elders. um, (laughs) Safe. And so you had to leave it at the gate. Yep. Got there, and uh, the gentleman at the gate was a little surprised to see me because I don't think he was expecting anybody to come in. And he's like, can I help you? And I'm like, yes, can you deliver this? And he's like, sure can. And then he put up the guardrail and let me do a U-turn, and I skedaddled out of there. And about 20 minutes later, he had delivered it. And, Mom uh, called, and she cried, and you won Christmas. Yes. Yes. And how long I is the did. drive, just so that I can further cement your, your trip to sainthood? Um, about an hour and 15 minutes. 
And I am setting up a uh, GoFundMe for my sainthood. So I will, at the end of the show, let you know where you can all donate to me. (laughs) Okay. Speaking of that, did you notice that on my Instagram page for the show, I posted pictures of your art from my collection, and I said we're going to work really hard to sell some of your art so that you can make good on your promise to pay for Grace's College? (laughs) Uh, You better have a lot of listeners wanting to buy art. (laughs) I definitely have, in the words of Stacey and Dave, tens of listeners that are listening right now. I mean, buy really expensive art then. (laughs) Well, you keep giving it away to good charities like Rick's Mm. Toys for Kids. So whatever. Yeah. Um, You know, it is a good reason. But you know what? College for my kid is also a good reason. Yeah, but isn't she about halfway through? So you don't need my help. I mean, she's thinking about going and getting her master's and staying for an extra Uh, year. So, oh, that's perfect. You could pay for her master's. Yes, it doesn't work that way in our family. Uh, grad school, when I went, was paid all by me, I believe. So. Well, you know what? Here's the thing, Peter. You're talking about our family of origin, not the family that I created. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. So. The creator is the payer. Okay. So we're going to just go right over that. Um, what about you? What, what? Was your Christmas like? Did you guys also have um, ugly pork, by the way, or did Sky just make it for mom? Um, we made it mainly for mom. We did eat it, um, but it was actually the first time we had eaten meat. I would say in maybe five months. So you too have fallen off the wagon. Yes. So it was just the you know there was there was so much. Um, and it, you know, it was Christmas, so you had to do something special. So we decided to, to eat meat, which we did. Um, the day was great. I mean, I drove down to mom and, you know, her reaction was nice and made Christmas, you know, feel special. Well, um, and let's not forget the gift that also gave to Sky, which she actually got alone time in your house without you. Yes. Yes. I can speak for a lot of wives, mothers, sisters, everyone out there who's like, just leave me alone. Best gift ever. (laughs) (laughs) Well, originally she was going to come down with me. And I said, well, do you really want to come? It's not like we're going to see mom. We're just going to get there and turn around. And she's like, yeah, I don't really need to. So (laughs) put in Taylor slipped in the car and drove on down. <laughs> oh my gosh, I, I I love that you're in touch with your your Taylor side. Yeah, yeah. The new the newest the newest album or the okay. the two newest both of them this year. Evermore and uh, folklore. Yeah, a lot of more is happening. Um, a lot of more. Look at you! I didn't know you were a Swifty. Um, you know what? She did an interview with Paul McCartney in uh, Rolling Stone, and I read it, and it just sort of made me curious. So I listened to like a song or two on YouTube, and the next thing you know, I'm got her on my iPhone. Uh huh. She has that effect on people. She, um, her documentary had that effect, I think, on a lot of people. Where it turns uh, out, did you watch the documentary? You should watch the documentary. I mean, you're in this far. Right? You might as well just go. 
Yeah. You mean the one on um, Disney? The um, like, uh, forget what it's called. Long Pond Sessions? No. She did one that uh, was like Taylor Swift, like, you know, Miss America, or I don't know what it was called. Um, right. But it was something where she addressed a lot of the... Um, the evolution that she's taken in terms of speaking up and pushing back on political issues and a whole bunch of other things. It was very interesting. I haven't seen that one, but I saw the one on Disney and uh, I was telling a guy at work about it and he has daughters. And um, so he was telling me one day he was home and he was watching it and his oldest daughter came in and she's like, dad, are you watching Taylor Swift? And he's like, yeah, a guy at work told me about it. <laughs> And he doesn't have kids. <laughs> uh, I don't know if he said that, but he knows I don't. <laughs> I got a kick out of that. That's really funny. Yeah. Well, you know, T. Swift has, um, here's a fun fact. So Grace, as you know, has her Grace at the Front Door page. Um, she has reclaimed her life and doesn't do it as much because I think that was a lot of me pushing it. Okay, there, I right. said it on air, folks. Um, and But one of the followers that she has is Joseph Cassell, who is actually Taylor Swift's um, stylist. And, oh. yeah, and she has had um, conversations with him back and forth. And um, he is a lovely guy. And wow, he is cool. married to this guy named, um, oh, um, Blaze. Blaze Faulkner, I think, who was a poet and published a book last year. And nice. they have these amazing two children that are adorable. So, yeah, little fun fact for you. Um, okay, so that's kind of like like so much has happened in the past week and nothing has happened because it's like being on a treadwell, uh, treadmill of the holidays. Um, I will share this, though. So because I have a penchant for talking, I also have a podcast that I am the host of called Plateau Partners Pulse. You can find it on Apple, Spotify, and other platforms where you listen. And I am the host of that. And we did a series of, um, I think, 28 or 29 episodes. And I finally am the one that was featured. And Oh, good for you. I'm amazing. Did you interview yourself? Well, you know, I addressed that at the top of the episode, and I thought about doing that, but that seemed not like a good idea. So I brought in this gal, Bridget Quigg. Bridget's amazing. She is, um, she does improv. She is a comedian. She wrote a book. Um, what is it? You're your own genius, or you can be, um, what is it? Oh, yes. You're a creative genius. It's um, a book that she wrote about how we all have a genius inside of us. And she is a genius. And she was willing to make me look good. So I brought her on. And it's a really fun episode. And it's the only episode that has outtakes at the end. Ah. Yes. I'm curious now. You should listen to it. Well, yes. I will. I will. Yeah, you got to listen. Okay. So we're going to take like... A 15-second break so that um, we can play my Stacy Connects ad that is really mostly a joke. I really need to come up with a new ad. <laughs> but I have my own equipment, so I can do that now. Are you ready, Eric? All right. We're going to take a short break, and then when we come back, Peter, we're going to talk about you for a change. Sure. Okay. I can deal with that. Awesome. Yeah. 
Stacy Heller of Stacy Connects likes doing two things, talking and connecting people with their potential. If you'd like to talk about your potential with Stacy, contact her at Stacy at StacyConnects.com. Find out the latest about your favorite shows on Alternative Talk 1150. Check out 1150kknw.com. All right, we are back. This is Stacy Heller. You're listening to Don't Ask Me to Talk. Again, if you want to call in, the number is 425-373-5527. I'm joined today by my brother, Peter. Um, Hello, everyone. What did you say? Hello, everyone. Oh, I thought you said your favorite one. I'm like, (laughs) I have two brothers, and I can't say you're my favorite older brother because both of my brothers are older. So, you you know. still say I'm your favorite older brother. I don't know that I can. Hi, Jay. (laughs) It seems really wrong. Um, So I want to talk about you. Now, one thing that I always do with the show is I always share a Stacyism, And I purposely waited for this Stacyism because I feel like you are the living embodiment of this one, which is this idea that you need to reflect for yourself whether you want to work so that you can pursue hobbies or is work your hobby and that both are okay. And dad was very much a work so that he could pursue his hobbies. Jay, I think work is a hobby for him. Pete work is like his only hobby. I love you, Pete. And thank God for you. Um, And in all those scenarios are okay. And, is, was it always okay with you, or did you always feel like you had to, like, do a certain, like, be a certain way? Hmm. Um, I never felt like I had to be a certain way. Um, I just always felt like I had to be me. And sometimes that worked for me, um, and sometimes it didn't. Um, I'm not sure if that answers your question properly no it does i mean it just makes you sound like you're really wise and evolved and that's a little bit annoying but hey that's fine um all right interview (laughs) over thank you very much (laughs) whatever (laughs) no i mean and you did when you have jay who is so one way i mean jay when the preppy handbook came out it was like he was like oh my gosh they wrote a book about me and (laughs) you know so quintessentially like everything that like a yuppie or at one point a dink stood for remember dinks double income no kids right yeah so and then i think for you to find your place because you're there's a two-year age difference between you and jay and so you were like i know what i'll do i'll shave my head and listen to punk music yeah um i mean i think that's true it it took me career-wise it it took me a while because before i thought about that i just wanted to do what i wanted to do right um and i went out and i explored the world and um i traveled and i did various jobs and i just sort of enjoyed myself um you know there there's certain things that I wanted to do and I, and I did them. And I just, I know at times mom and dad weren't thrilled with that because they 
thought I should settle down and get a job and live a life. And, you know, I remember saying, or dad saying to me that at a certain point, your income should be double your age. Um, and I was like, I told mom 12. <laughs> uh, because, you know, that wasn't a priority for me. Right. Um, well, and a, that's never been the on. yardstick by which you measure yourself. No. no. And, and um, I would also argue that dad actually, I think that dad was doing mom's bidding a little bit. I think dad, if he could have just been independently wealthy and just like not had to worry about work, he would have loved that. And I think that mom, I think there's always a worry there. Right. I think you're right, because I always think, I mean, dad loved golf and he played in college and I think he probably would have loved to have pursued that if he could have, mm-hmm. um, but had dated mom since high school and after college at that time, you know, you you got married and you started a family and that did and golf became something that he put to the side and he continued to love it, but he didn't pursue it because he pursued his career so that he could take care of mom and his family. Right. Right. So I also think that as much as dad may have, I don't want to say criticized, but, you know, worried about what I was doing in my life at the same time, I think he was happy that I was going off and doing what I wanted to do. And, you know, damn everything else. Right. Well, and it creates conversation. Um, I learned this from um, years ago, sadly, um, when we were living in Connecticut. I don't know if you remember this. Um, Susan St. James and her husband, Dick Ebersol, um, lost a son in a um, plane accident that Dick was in and um, their son, Teddy, and um, another son, Charlie. And at the time I was doing my cookie business and they asked me to make for the funeral, like, I think it was like 850 Red Sox cookies, which as a Yankee fan, that's horrible enough. But this was like right before the holidays. And obviously it's like such a sad thing. But why I why I'm bringing that up is because um, Teddy, the son who the funeral was for, became a Red Sox fan because his dad was a Yankee fan. And by being somewhat contrarian, it created a dynamic between father and son that brought them together. So, you know, I think dad was always very curious about the things that you're doing. And, you know, like, I think uh, is, again, probably was somewhat jealous and, and really glad that you found a way to do what you want to do. Yeah. I agree with that. And um, at, at the same time, I sort of found my way to him um, because in the years before he passed, when I go visit, um, you know, we he'd always be watching golf and I'd sit down and I'd watch. Um, and, and, you know, we used to be able to talk about that. Um, which is great. And even for a year or so after he passed, I continued to watch golf on Saturday and Sunday afternoons because it's like um, something I was sort of still doing with him. Right. Um, 
So we each were able to sort of reach out to each other and um, you know, sort of bond in a way. Which is cool. That, well, Yeah, it was. It was very cool. And I think your um, personal trajectory is further proof of my belief that if you go back in time to see who you were when you were younger, when you really didn't care what people think, and you find then the threads that still exist today. I mean, you know, you're the kid that famously said during your high school, um, whatever the like future job career <laughs> test was or whatever, you're like, I'm going to be a house husband. And like, <laughs> like, didn't they call mom and dad in like, um. And now mom and dad went in for a parent teacher teacher conference and um, sat down with the teacher and they said, oh, you know, we're Peter Emmerich's parents and. He said, oh, the kid that wants to be a house husband. <laughs> and the funny thing is that that was not the teacher of the class that I had uh, said it in. It was uh, you oh. know, a totally different class. So there was obviously chit-chat in the teacher lounge. Yes, 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 there was. That uh, is funny. <laughs> I, I'm still working. I, well, I know. And that's the thing that I think is is fascinating. Like, you are Sky's biggest fan. And, you know, you are very much like a feminist in terms of that like you're like great go do your thing you know i'm like i think it's awesome um i'm gonna do whatever i can to to support you and um so that you can support me right (laughs) (laughs) you're totally down with that i have two uh plans one is sky and one is you well, you used to say that you thought about becoming a Buddhist monk because you could be quiet, left alone, and you don't need anything. Right. So. And, um, it was too much work to become a monk, but I can still be alone, and I really don't need much. <laughs> there you go. And I, I know that Sky's retirement plan is me. Yep. So. Uh, we got a lot going on there. Yeah, well, okay. And how's that college tuition going again? Um, okay, so. Then talk to me about the art thing, because so I'm basically painting a picture clearly that Peter was the rebel of the family. But interestingly, like such a quiet rebel, like the most sensitive, thoughtful. And I'm truly, as your sister, not trying to make you sound really good. I'm I'm trying to be unbiased here. Like you're you're a very sensitive soul. And so. You've you've always been actually you should move to the Pacific Northwest where I'm going to say something that could be controversial, but it's the Uh land of passive aggressive. And in a way, your rebelliousness was passive aggressive. Like you said, Uh, like, yep, sure, mom, whatever you'd like. And then you showed up and, you know, your hair was in a mohawk or I had a black eye or something. Right. Um, So, you know, there is a quiet defiance to you. So at Mm. some point. Art. Talk to me. So I think, you know, it all began because Dad took pictures, um, you know, the whole time we grew up and he was always doing it. And at one point when I was in high school, probably a freshman or so, he gave me one of his old cameras. And um, I took pictures for a while and then put it to the side like people do. Um, And years later when I was in college... I started out in business school, which was not the smartest thing I ever did. 
switched over to Temple University where I went into the journalism program. Yep. Uh, and took a photography class. Now, this was a photojournalism class, so it was all about preparing you to take pictures to put in newspapers and stuff. Yep. And the first class I took, the teacher was fabulous. You know, it was just, it was all about seeing things from this angle or that angle, um, you know, how you compose, um, which was fantastic. Um, but after that, I realized that photojournalism wasn't for me because I hated taking pictures of people and <laughs> I hated being told what to take pictures of, Oh, uh, which is photojournalism. So, right. And funny enough, it's also a lot like that. Oh, I mean, like, I think he stopped. Uh, he did a he published um, years ago a, a book of his photographs um, right. at you know, a lot of people were like, you should publish this, I'd buy it, whatever. I think quite literally the only person in the entire book is the picture of Bruce Springsteen in the, like, overleaf because he happened upon Bruce Springsteen filming a music video. And he was like, this is cool. I'm like, seriously? Yeah. Yeah. So, yep. All right. So so from there, you know, I I loved photography, went into grad school, um, and along the way, always thinking, you know, I want to be an artist, but I can't draw. Um, and I remember asking people, you know, is it possible to be an artist, but if you can't draw? And people would be like, no, 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 you can't, you know. Um, but went to grad school and just really fell into my element uh, in that I was out taking pictures and I could take pictures of whatever I wanted and people liked them. Mm-hmm. And it was fantastic. And then, uh, what did you graduate well, with a degree in, by the way? Like, I didn't I'm go sorry. to your graduation. Oh, I, you know, I don't think I went to my graduation from grad school. Uh, or, undergrad, mom and dad did, did go to, and um, I what, graduated. What's the highest? Magna or Summa? Uh, yes, but I don't uh-huh. know which. Whichever one's not the highest, I graduated. You know, graduated the one below that, and they were both shocked they're like what huh huh and well, um, and what was your degree I, in uh journalism oh see like this you is know? fascinating i literally you're my brother you've been my brother right. for a lot of years 50 in fact and i did not know that yeah um so they were shocked because i basically never sent them my grades <laughs> which i don't know how i got away with they'd be like how you doing oh my god i'm doing good <laughs> Um, but, oh, come on. You know, I failed just... out of school. Like, <laughs> <laughs> She probably still doesn't know. Uh, you know what? I don't know. Oops. <laughs> Hope you're not listening right now, Mom. Yeah. It's fine. Anyway. So, um, so, so then you went right, to Pratt so, for grad school. Yes. And there I fell into the type of photography that I'm still doing now, which is Basically, one day I was walking across the Brooklyn Bridge and I saw a traffic cone and I thought, oh, it'd be interesting to take a picture looking straight down. So I walked towards it and then I thought, well, no, that's silly. You know, that's what everybody does. And I walked away without taking the pictures. And then I thought, well, that's really stupid not to do something because everybody else does it. So I went back and I took the picture and I liked it and I brought it to class and before class, you know, we had critiques and mm-hmm. people would come early and put up their their work. 
And I did that. And before class even started, people were like, what is that? What is that? What is that? You know, and everybody, and I was like, oh, I'm onto something here. Mm-hmm. Um, so from that point, which is like 1992, um, I continued to take photographs of traffic homes. And I continue now um, basically trying all the time to take the same subject matter, but show it in a new way or somehow present it differently so that I'm not necessarily doing the same thing over and over. Right. Um, You know, there's evolution in my work. Well, and there's um, so much movement and texture and... You know, I was talking about your work when Vance was on the show, and I was saying that, you know, there's some that you do where it looks like it's like a milky fisheye or something weird. And, you know, there's just so many different things that you've done with your photographs over the years. And um, between the grids that you've done and the single shots that you've done and the ways that you present them, you know, you've done little, um, like, cubes that are filled with tiny small pictures or you've you know done them in an acrylic type thing. I mean it's it's constantly pushing the boundaries of what you can do with something right yep and now I'm into printing them in uh, hexagon shapes and I'm putting together um, these things that have sort of a hexagon format overall but um, you know the various ways that I do them they're all very different oh yeah they're and I love all the different colors and the different, um, I, I, I mean, I love it. I've literally bought work from you. Speaking of which, yeah. um, we're going to take a break in a second here, but I do want, if people are interested in seeing your work and what we're talking about, can you share your website so that people can go take a look? Sure, I can. My uh, website is uh, zonderteitel.com, um, Z-O-N-D-E-R. T-I-T-E-L dot com. And that is Dutch for untitled, which most of my work is. There you go. Just like your father. I love it. (laughs) Um, Okay, hold on, Peter. We're going to take a very short break. And then when we come back, we're going to talk some more about you. We'll be right back with Don't Ask Me to Talk. Do you love to go on bike rides but hate to sweat? Say hello to Pedego Electric Bikes. Check out the different models to choose from, like the City Commuter, the Trail Tracker, and the latest model just released, the Element. They also offer really fun and vibrant colors if you're looking for a little extra sass as you zip around town. The team at Pedego Redmond and Pedego Seattle are ready to answer any questions you have about life with a Pedego. It may not feel like it, but spring is just around the corner. So schedule a test ride today. Go to pedagoseattle.com or email the team at info at pedagoseattle.com. Talk radio with a purpose. Alternative Talk 1150. Welcome back to Don't Ask Me to Talk. I, Peter, you heard that I got pedago bikes, right? No, I hadn't. Dude, I'm starting an electric biker gang. Ah, yes. Actually, I remember this. Yes. So we got an element and we got the cruiser or the, um, what's it called? The interceptor. And it's basically like a cruiser. And 
when the kids went up to veranda with Pete a week and a half ago, they there's a big hill that you have to like get out of the property. And I think Will was trying to be like, oh, yeah, no problem. I can ride up this hill. It's not a big deal. I'm strong, fit, 21-year-old guy. And he was dying. Meanwhile, Grace hit the throttle and was like, see ya, and like zipped to the top of the hill. And so Will quickly became a big fan of the throttle and was like, never again. So uh, that, that sounds like their relationship, doesn't it? It, it doesn't it? Totally, actually. Um, wow, very philosophical. Okay, so talk to me more about your the art piece. What's it like having two artists in your family? Um, it's actually really nice, and I think it works for us. Um, I, I believe with other artist couples, you know, Lee Krasner, Jackson Pollock, it always doesn't work out the way they want because... Well, I mean, They're both like me, me, me. And um, Jackson Pollock, didn't he have mental health issues? Yeah, yeah. and he was a drunk. Well, um, you know, which the two may go together in some cases. Right. So unless um, you're trying to tell me something, this is not a good apples to apples comparison. <laughs> <laughs> no. Well, no, no. But I just mean that they were both very, uh, you know, they sort of put themselves first. And Sky and I don't do that. Um and we work very well together. Um, I want to support her as much as I can, and she also wants to support me as much as she can. Um, we have a great relationship, and we do support each other as much as possible. Now, one thing I think that helps us is that we, we don't have kids, and because of that, we can focus on our artwork. Uh, so if Sky wants to spend the night in her studio and I'm home on my own, that's perfectly fine because I can work on my art. Right. She can work on hers. Um, and like today when I'm home, um, I went to her studio today and we hung out um, and we were there together and really never said a word because we just both sort of focused on, on what we were doing. Right. You know? Which, by the way, I think the only thing that she would take any umbrage with is the thought that you don't have kids because you do have kids. They're just furry that is true. kids. Yeah, that's true. And uh, we tried to bring one of them, but it, she kept jumping out of the bag. <laughs> oh, cat's out of the bag. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Quite literally. Um, well, and you two have two very different mediums that you work in and two different sensibilities and... You know, so, you know, what I always feel would be really nice in a couple of years if somebody would do a show of my work and her work together. And I think people would be surprised on how um, how it's sort of grown. It's I don't want to we've been very influenced by each other. So if you started if you had a gallery and you started Sky's early work on one side of the room and mine on the other, and you came around till they met in the middle, by the time they meet, um, there's going to be a lot of similarity between the two because we've both been influenced by each other's work and we both see each other's work every day. And, um, you know, it's like we're almost doing very similar things in two totally different mediums. 
Interesting. Just, so, yeah. Th- yeah, I mean, obviously the, you know, the round shapes of the cones and sky works with a lot of um, circles and a lot of really organic wow. shapes um, yes. and a lot of repetition and things like that. I think that you need to make your own show. Yes, that is true. I mean, it would be really cool. And to have on that timeline, you know, above or below or whatever, and then different things that have gone on in your individual lives. And, mm-hmm. you know, like you lived in Korea for a while and, you know, then you came back here and, um, you know, different jobs that you've had. You were sick for a bit. Um, you know, how that influenced you, what influence that had on Sky's work, you know, if you produced any at that time even. Um, it would be really interesting because you two, both being sensitive artists, you do absorb what's also going around in the world right around right. you and globally. So I think uh, me being sick a few years ago actually did have a big influence on my work. Um, up until that point, I always took pictures of traffic cones outside. And I never brought them in. I was just like always where I find them is where I find them. And, you know, mm-hmm. uh, uh, very strict in that sense. And then when I was in the hospital, you know, I kept getting bandages wrapped on me when they take blood or something. And always that wrapping around made me think of wrapping things. And then I thought, well, I can uh, take this gauze that they use and wrap it around a traffic cone inside and take pictures of that. And when I then brought it inside, um, I did begin to wrap them in things, various colors, tape, um, or put light bulbs underneath them. And that opened up something totally new to me. And the cones became almost um, more like they were from space. They looked like um, eclipses or suns, very otherworldly. Um, And that was a a big turning point in my work. It's a really interesting thing because I think of the, um, you know, going through what you went through, I'm sure there's a question of mortality. So to have something that is emitting light from within and there's the whole like run to the light thing and this sense of finding light from within something and then also layers of protection, right? And all of these layers that you were putting on something and you were feeling vulnerable and you needed to be wrapped up and secure, but also um, still showing something and you found a way to, to do it from within instead of always as an exterior thing. Yeah. Well, one of the things I had to help me was Sky during that time because she was there for me, um, totally took care of me, and I probably would not have come out as as well as I did without her. Uh, And having her there and her strength next to me was one of the things that enabled me to think about my work during that period because without her... You know, my work would not have been on my mind in the same way. Um, and she kept me grounded. Um, uh, one of the best things was early on, I was like, I, I still went to work every day. Um, but one day I was like, you know, I don't know if I want to go to work tomorrow, you know, 
And she was like, hey, what are you doing? Like, you go to work. You stay home when you really need to stay home. Right. Don't stay home because you don't feel like going to work. And you can use this in this as an excuse. And I was like, you know what? That is so true. And as I said, that was early on. And I, I kept that thought in me, you know, the whole time. Yeah. And different people handle things in different ways. And, you know, just the way that we were raised, it was kind of like, um, you know, I, I have one of my sayings is you can go to the pity party, but you can only stay for one drink. And, you know, it's important to feel what you're feeling, but it's also important to not wallow in it for too long. Otherwise, you sure. can um, start wearing like beer goggles or gin goggles or weed goggles or whatever they are and start right. getting deluded about like what's going on. So, you know, Sky kept you like, hey, dude, you're very much alive. You've got work to do. I'm not ready to take care of you yet. You're not the house husband yet. Um, <laughs> so, you know, get yourself together. And uh, I have to thank you as well because you were there for me. I did bring you an ugly doll. I didn't bring you ugly pork, but I brought you an ugly doll. Yes, which uh, stayed with me for quite a while. Where is it now? And then um, I think they passed cats with it so much that um, he he had to move on. He went over the Rainbow Bridge. Oh my gosh. Wow. I mean, I am an ordained minister, technically, with the Universal Life Church, and I have conducted my first pet funeral. Mm. So, not that I want to do that for your, but I could have done it for the ugly doll, is all I'm saying. Um, Okay. So, we're going to have to wrap up here. Time goes really, really quickly. Um, Is there anything that I didn't ask you about that I should have? Like how amazing I am? Well, oh, I didn't say that. No, I, I think oh, it was inferred. Yes. Well, you are amazing. And uh, I love listening to these broadcasts. I mean, um, I don't listen live. I have it set up in my podcast for the next day because they're always basically on the time that I'm leaving work and it's really hard to connect live. Right. Um, but my Wednesday mornings is the, the first thing that I listen to and I love it. Oh, so. thank you. You're it, welcome. Thank you for being on the show. I'm you know, if you weren't my brother, I would still think that you're amazing. Your artwork is amazing. Your story is amazing. Um, your steadfast uh, commitment to being yourself and showing up authentically is something that I never forget. And it's something that, you know, all these years later, I'm still working towards that. So thank you for coming on the show. Again, if you want to check out Peter's work, share your website again. It is zondertitel.com, which is Z-O-N-D-E-R-T-I-T-E-L.com. Check it out. Um, His work is for sale, or you can also um, slip into my DMs, and I can tell you all about my brother's work. And um, thank you for joining me. Um, Next week, I'm going to have on the show Debbie Rosemont of Simply Placed. She is an amazing um, organizer, and she's also the author of the book One Habit for a Thriving Home Office, which as we head into 2021, we're all dreaming of leaving, but the reality is we're still going to be there. So thank you, Peter, for joining the show. Thank you to uh, Stacy for doing the Pedago ad. Thank you to Eric for being an amazing show producer. And um, stay connected, not close, folks. Happy New Year. Happy New Year.